Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalou. N.D. Kalou. Welcome in. Happy Monday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I'm ND Kalu. He is Chris Gordy, Big Sarge of Big Sarge Sports, and Trey on the other side of the screen, meaning we have a full house. But those names that I just mentioned don't mean a damn thing because it's all about you. You are you, and you're always welcome to get in the trenches with us the Monday after the conference championship games in the NFL. And I'm big on being the most interactive show in the world. I'm big on letting you say whatever you want to say. But a couple of rules today. A couple of rules. We're going to be smart in the trenches. We're going to be smart football fans. We're going to talk about these games. We're going to celebrate, be upset if our team lost. I'm sure C. Murder from Medical Center is going to call to talk about Chiefs Kingdom. But what we're not going to do, two things. We're just not going to do it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're not going to sit up here and talk about this narrative. If the 49ers quarterback didn't get hurt, then it would have been a different game. Well, guess what? Do you know why he got hurt? Because those Eagles front four are a bunch of madmen, and they legally knocked his ass out. So that's why he got hurt, and yes, it affected the game, because their front four, the only front four in the NFL that had four guys with 11 or more sacks going into the playoffs, they did what you expected them to do. They got after the quarterback. And if your coach, who I really like, I think Kyle Shanahan should be the NFL coach of the year. I think that. But if you look at film and you watch Hassan Reddick and you say, I got a great play. And it involves blocking Hassan Reddick, one of the best edge rushers with a tight end. Then you just have to look at your coach and not look at the fact that your third string quarterback got knocked out of the game. It's not a situation where coming off the plane, he slipped and fell, or it's not a situation where in pregame, he tweaked his hamstring and he didn't play. He got knocked out of the game. That's what happens. That's like saying, Oh, I wouldn't have lost that fight to Mike Tyson if he didn't hit me in the temple and knock me out. They knocked out their quarterback legally. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to play that game. And we're also not going to play the game of the Bengals loss because of one play. Because one bad mistake. I don't even want to call it a boneheaded play because you have a bunch of people running around in G-strings making rules for the NFL who've never played. And now that that one 
out-of-bounds hit where he was a step out-of-bounds. And, look, I was rooting for the Chiefs, but that's not the one play that did it. You, you know, your quarterback, who I like, Joe Burrow, threw two interceptions to Patrick Mahomes, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. It didn't come down to that one play. So those are those are the house what rules the in the trenches. Can we complain about refs? You can. You they can were, complain about bad. refs. They were bad yesterday. You can complain about refs. Uh, you can do anything else. You, They're you, like, uh, incomplete pass, Chiefs, fourth down. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, no. <laughs> we're going to redo it, guys. We're going to redo it. All right, Bengals. Hey, Bengals got to stop again. Uh, you know what? Flag. Uh, actually, there was a uh, holding there. Uh, I mean, like, my God. Like, if I, that sequence. I, would, I wanted to see Burrow win, but, like, I wasn't outright rooting for the Bengals. If I was a Bengals fan, I'd have been losing my mind with some of the calls they made in that game. Yeah, that that was a sequence where I was even s- scratching my head. As a guy that didn't really have a dog in the fight, I just wanted to watch a, f- a good football game. And, and I said I didn't have a dog in the fight. I'm always rooting for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Anytime you have Texas boys. And shout out to Patrick Mahomes, Tyler, Texas, Jalen Hurts, H-Town, Houston, Texas. He's both White, of those. White House, technically, right? Yeah, but... <laughs> What they call MSA, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to figure out the big town, you know, you're from a small town where if you ask somebody like, hey, what's the big city next to you? Right. And usually you hear Dallas, Houston, Tyler. <laughs> then you're like, yeah, you're from a small town. But how about that? Two Texas boys representing in the Super Bowl. So much to talk about. 713-212-5790. First of all, good morning to everyone. Indy. <sighs> I, I almost committed a sin on yesterday. I, I almost committed a sports sin. I Uh-oh. went online mm-hmm. and I looked at a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. I Ooh, almost as a Cowboy fan. Yeah, I, oh God, I root for Jalen Hurts so much that it's like it, it's the exact same way it was when he was in college. Mm-hmm. I don't like Alabama, so I couldn't buy Alabama jersey. Then he left Alabama and went to OU, and I was like, I refuse to buy any OU jersey. And now he's with the Eagles, and I'm saying to myself, I want that jersey so bad, but I just can't wear a Philadelphia Eagles jersey like. If it was the Giants, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't make an exception. I mean, ah, you know what? It's the Giants. You know, that's the only team out of the NFC East that I feel like I can wear a jersey of theirs. But the Eagles and the Commanders, never. But Indy is because, you know, I root for him so much. And on yesterday, watching him play, man, and look, he, he didn't have the best of games. But he also, one of the things that I like about Jalen Hurts is is his humility and his honesty. Mm-hmm. He told the, you know, he told him during the week, I am not 100%. I'm going to let you all know that I'm not 100%, but I'm not going to miss this game. No matter what, I'm not going to miss this game. So I knew that his stats wouldn't be out of the roof. But what I do like is the fact that he was able to manage that game to a point where he didn't lose it. Like, he could have lost that game. He could have he could have thrown interceptions. He could have turned the ball over a lot, but he didn't. He managed it to the point where, I put it like this, in the first in the first half, he didn't do a lot of of running, getting out of the pocket. But in that third quarter, he said, "Okay, now it's time for me to you know to use my legs and put this game out of reach." When they were up twenty one to seven, so I like that fact that he that he did that. But you know, and all in all, there was some 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 great football on yesterday. Well, I'm not going to blame the officials because you could go back and look at all of these playoff games and find you know things. Yeah, that the officials. officials there, there were some. There were some. Every game, or oh, every game, there's only two. Both games, there were some head scratchers. I will say this. 
Shout out to all of the defenses. If you look at the score and you didn't watch the game, yeah. uh, you would think, man, what happened to San Francisco 49ers defense, 31-7? That defense balled out. That's, that defense kept That's them. what I was going to say. I'm surprised you, you brought up Jalen Hurts because he was like he didn't have to do anything yesterday. Right. To me, the story of the game, if we're talking the story of that game, and we can talk about the quarterbacks getting knocked out, whatever, but the story of the game was the Eagles. The Eagles defense. Eagles defense holding up to under 200 yards of offense. Like, that I, I could have played quarterback yesterday and the Eagles won that game. Like, that's how dominant the defense was. Yeah, the I defense think- in both games. Because we, when you think of Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you, you know, Joe Burrow, I, I don't think any offensive player except for Christian McCaffrey, really had that game where you're like, wow, they balled out. And it wasn't that the offense just played bad, and I agree with Chris. The story of Sunday was the defense. The defense is. Even the fact that and Chris when, Jones might be oh, he's a stud. Aaron Donald level? At least, yesterday oh, he was. A certain Division One coach. I can't put it out there because I don't know if he wants to put it out publicly. A D-line coach for a Division One Power 5 school green and yellow. He says that Chris Jones is the best <laughs> is the best D tackle in the game. And when when one of the players' dads said, Hey, what about Aaron Donald? He's all I stand but what I say. I watch a lot of films. So you saw it there. But it was all about the defense and that Philadelphia defense, man, that was fun to I, watch. Uh, Kansas City's defense going against Joe Burrow, Joe Bur- uh, excuse me, Cincinnati, DJ Reader. How many DJ Reader shout outs did we hear during the game? Sunday was about the defense. Yeah, and I'll give, don't get me wrong. I, I think that it's going to be the Eagles defense that's going to get them the victory over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I don't know. I, I give them credit for knocking, you know, Brock Purdy out of the game. I give them credit for knocking out Josh Johnson, journeyman Josh Johnson. Um, but I, I don't know how much I want to put on it after, you know, after Purdy came back in the game. Because at that point, you already know. He couldn't not, throw. Yeah, he couldn't throw. So I, I'm not saying, I'm not taking anything away, but I, it doesn't stand out to me. Like the Chiefs defense stood out to me yesterday. They, mm-hmm. they, if I have to pick out of the four defenses, the Chiefs was the one that stood out to me the most. And it was the Chiefs. Then I would say the 49ers. Then I would a, say the Eagles. A funny narrative too. I, I keep seeing all these people like, the Bengals need to get Joe Burrow some offensive line. They did. They spent the entire offseason addressing it. But what happened? Half the guys got hurt. I mean, all the thing is, like, they added O-line depth. They added starters. But all those guys got banged up and hurt. So it's funny because somebody was like, they're Bengals' number one th- uh, you know, goal this offseason should be to address an offensive line. Well, they're going to go back to the guys and go, hey, you guys just be healthy next year? Because that's <laughs> that's what happened. Like, it wasn't. You, you know what happened? Football happened. Yeah. Like, people get hurt in football. And Frank Clark and, and Chris Jones, I mean, those guys were coming yesterday. And they heard it. I mean, throughout a lot of this year, a lot has been, well, the Chiefs' offense is great, but I don't know about that defense. Well, I think yesterday they stepped up. I think the reason that they say that is because the Chiefs had were playing with a lot of rookies. They were playing with well, one of those guys on there used to work at Wendy's, yeah, right? Secondary. Yeah, those but guys and are... then you look at, you know, I put it like this, the, the interception, the second interception that Burrow threw, the guy who tipped the ball and the guy who caught the ball, yeah. two late round picks out of HBCUs. So nobody would have ever expected them to be able to be playing like that. Now, I'm going to say this. I, For as much as I'm rooting for, for Jalen Hurts, 
There's somebody on that Chiefs uh, uh, defense that I'm rooting for too. You know, my guy, Justin Reed. Oh my God! Yeah. Like I was so happy to see him win. I like he he deserves. It. He gets a Super Bowl ring. He deserves. It. And I hope he comes back to Houston and and, and does it. He tour. was a Texan when the Chiefs won it a few years ago, right? So he does. He doesn't have. Yeah, a he doesn't have a ring with them. Seven one three two one two five seven nine zero. The president of the Houston-based Chiefs fan club is on hold. Corey, we see you there. You'll be up next. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. And how will the Texans get to this point? Who's going to lead them? There's a name that's emerging as the top candidate. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Opening up this segment, if you want to jump in, next segment, we're going to catch up with Houston Texan insider Aaron Wilson. Definitely don't want to miss that, but we are the most interactive show. And even if you don't ride for Houston or the Texans, your voice still will be heard. Just like C. Murder, a.k.a. Corey, a.k.a. president of the Houston-based Chiefs Kingdom fan club, I know you're smiling right now. Congratulations on your team's win. What's good, Corey? Uh-oh. Uh, Corey, if you can hear me, we can't hear you, but I'm sure it's on our end, so give us a second so you can gloat and do your thing. But if you do want to call in 713-212-5790, I'm also going to be talking about uh, the potential hiring of one Mr. D'Amico Ryan. So go ahead and give us a call back, Corey. That was on our end. So when you call back, we'll have this thing situated. Indy, I know that we're going to probably get into this a little bit later on, but um, the way that the AFC Championship game ended last night. Oh, right? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So, you know, with the young man, the, the the linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals, getting that unnecessary roughness penalty. Joseph Asai. Yeah, at the, at the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the, the, the reactions... Or the the reactions at the end of the game were too emotional from people instead of saying, hey, you know, of course he made a mistake. But, you know, because I look at it this way. I didn't see a reaction. I I saw him just sitting on the bench crying for a long time. And I remember I told my wife, I said, if that head coach is worth anything, he'll go to that bench and console him. In that coach's defense, maybe he didn't see him. He didn't see him there. But if, if he was any any kind of man, he would have saw that 22-year-old. And look, he, he made a bad play. In today's NFL, That that's a bad play. It's not the reason why they lost. Uh, but other than that, I didn't see, I mean, I didn't see well, any I'm, other reaction. Well, I'm talking reaction. about the, the reaction on social media and how, how, you know, people were talking about how they, you know, they feel bad for him. And I get it. And then it's like, well, why did they even, they shouldn't even call that, that a penalty. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, did you not watch the NFC Championship game? Third quarter, uh, third and eight. I think that, uh, yeah, third and eight, Jalen Hurts gets out of the pocket. Remember the one he broke the tackle, ran for 14 yards to the mm-hmm. seven-yard line. No, and the safety play. from the 49ers pushed him out of bounds. Right. Exact same play. Mm-hmm. So when you got those eyes on a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you know that he's one of the biggest names in the NFL. You can't touch him. But you know what? The, the problem that I have, Indy, and this is going to sound bad, so let me preface my statement by saying it's going to sound bad. During peewee football, you're taught time down and distance. Right. During, you know, middle school, high school, college, pros, you're taught time down and time down and distance. The young man lost his fundamentals. So if there's some of his teammates 
saying, "Hey, man, that was a uh, that that was a bad play that you made." Like, I think that some of the teammates have the right to be upset because so I, I, of the time. Well, no, I mean, because he made he made the wrong play. That's a natural feeling to be upset. Yes, but here's the thing, and people react differently. Yes. If you saw him, you don't need like there are guys when they make a boneheaded mistake like that, they're whistling Dixie and, you know, putting on their clothes in the locker room like nothing happened. That that's who you need to go up to and be like, hey, man, <laughs> that was a huge play uh, that was part of the reason. It's not the reason, but it was part of the reason we, we didn't have a chance to win this game. Yeah. But when you have that guy who made that mistake sitting on the bench by himself uh, and it wasn't it wasn't fake. It was genuine crying for literally 15 minutes after the game. He knows that like he like to me, that's a bad teammate. Like yeah. if I was in that locker room and somebody was getting after him after yeah. his reaction, I'd be like, man, slow down. Like he knows he screwed up. Uh, where were you on the other 56 defensive plays uh, to the point where we got to this point? So, no, nah, I, I would hope the majority of his teammates w- would understand that he does not need to be reprimanded by them. Well, just, yeah, and I, just, I just want to mm-hmm. fill in the gaps here a little bit. So one of his teammates was sitting there. where They, they kept showing, cutting yeah. to him, and uh, I, I think it was was it Cam Sample, I want to say. I couldn't tell who was, was next Cam, to him. Cam Sample from okay. Tulane was sitting there with him and consoling him. And then afterwards in the locker room when he talked with the media, um, it was uh, B.J. Hill standing next to him, kind of there for support. There was a shot when they were going into the locker room. Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, yelled, like, you know, it's just one of those cameras that caught the guys walking to the locker room. And Jermaine Pratt, like, throws a punch in the air and says, why'd you touch the quarterback? He's venting in that moment. But I think once he gets into the locker room... He said it directly to the player? No, he's just walking. And he's oh, just saying fine. it out loud. Yeah, that's fine. But that's what I meant about being upset. They said, at, like... The coach came to him immediately and was like, hey, man, this is on all of us. They said a lot of his teammates went to him gotcha. and were like, dude, look, this isn't on you. We we left so many plays out there. I'm sure social media had its voice, but it doesn't matter. Like, And I'm not one of those, oh, people should be above social media. It doesn't matter. Like, As long as his locker room, and I don't even have a problem with what you said, Chris, about his player as long as it wasn't directed right at him, but yeah. being like, man, why the heck did you hit the quarterback? I get that. That's going to be your initial reaction. But, no, they, they they should not, it's especially when you saw his reaction. Like, I've played on teams where a guy made a boneheaded play or it was fourth and three. We stopped, we stopped the offense, but some idiot was lined up off sides, and he's kind of smiling about it. It's like, no, nah, Chief, like I was about to go get some water, <laughs> yeah. and now we got to go back out here. But seeing his reaction, you better just put your arm around him and, and console him. Well, I wanted to ask you as a former NFL defensive player, right, uh, on the flip side of that, when he's in pursuit of mm-hmm. Mahomes like that, does he not know where he is? Man, it's as, so because I don't know, you know, I don't know how that how that happens, and because you played at that level, and because that adrenaline is rushing, especially the magnitude it. of the game, like, do you forget the fundamentals of the time downs and distance? I wouldn't call that really fundamentals. You know, I think fundamentals. I think technique and and you know which gap you're supposed to be in. He just. When you're, it's unfortunate when you're that close to the sideline in today's game. And Joseph Asai from University of Texas, he's only 22, so yeah. it's not like he's a. By the a, way, two picks after Davis Mills. Joseph Asai. Mm. Fun fact. Yeah, they probably would have traded him to San Francisco, <laughs> and he would have been with Charles Omenahu right now. But when you're in today's game, when you're that close to the uh, sideline, even before the quarterback runs out of bounds, you almost have to pull up. there, And, and it's tough because there was a play where Joe Burrow looked like he he juked a defensive player out of his shoes. There, and it was this was in the in between the hashes. 
But everybody was like, ooh, what a great play. It was a, it was a nice run by Joe Burrow. But my thought was, yeah, that defender is not only debating whether or not this athletic quarterback is going to go left or right. I also have to now figure out if he's going to slide or continue to run. So it's just a different game. But to answer your question, if I was a coach and I would say gritting my teeth and we're watching film and you have to coach up your players, I'd be like, hey, Osai, when he gets that close to the uh, sideline, you pretty much have to give up. Yeah, he which explains is it, and, and, and he met with the media after mm-hmm. BJ Hill was by his side. But he explains he was trying. He knew the situation. It was down to eight seconds. He said he was trying to make sure he, if he could keep him in bounds, but keep him from going forward too to get that first down because it was close to. He was right there trying to get the first down, but he pushed but, him in the back though. Yeah, but he he said he was just trying to get get him down. I know it doesn't. We didn't see that, but that's what he was trying to go for. And I don't like the fact of what B.J. Hill did in that press conference to the media, but we'll talk about that later. Corey, what you got, Corey? Well, well, well. (laughs) Even though it's a little gloomy outside in Houston, in this wonderful city of Houston, it is a beautiful, shining day in Chiefs' kingdom. This is what is all about. Andy, yes, sir. first off, let's start with bad takes exposed, especially by you. <laughs> earlier this week, earlier this week, you told me on, on, these, on these airways and the good folks of Houston, you told me you would take 100% Chad Henney over a 50% Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I mean, Andy, you've had some whoppers, but when you talk about Sarge and his belt, I mean, Sarge just needs to pull out that, and he can put that belt in front of you all day. All right, because I mean, it's that that had to be one. We're gonna start off twenty twenty three with the first horrible take by Andy Clue. Anyway, Sarge, appreciate hold on. You, okay, you, okay. You, you, are, you are right. You are right. But that Mahomes we saw yesterday, that was like 80%. Yeah. That wasn't 50%. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and then, by the way, right. we're, we're that stupid crap about, oh, and, and Travis Kelsey may not go. He's a game time. To say. Yeah, my ass. That dude looked just like Travis Kelsey out there. Yeah, man. He's back. Hey, back. Hey, yeah. He hurt his back last play. He had spasms. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Just put it out there because you know what? You know, when they go to Bur- Burrowhead, you know, you don't know what type of information you're going to get. Hey, Burrow, you know, you Burrow's know still, it's 3-1 and one against them. He's still Burrowhead. Oh, it's still Burrowhead? Oh, well, ask the players. Is it still Burrowhead? And ask that fan face. No, I just thought that was funny. It, Kelsey jumped in. He's like, oh, it's all Burrowhead. Hey, man, he still got y'all head to head, so. Whatever. But it's a, it's a what have you done for me lately yeah. uh, league. Go go ahead. The floor is yours. You, you've you earned this. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, a whole week. On that side, especially that side, these Johnny-come-latelys all of a sudden get one Super Bowl trip, and now they're unbeatable. Now they can talk about other people's places, their American talk, and talk about paternity tests and, and all, this, all this rubbish. Bro, Bengals fans, if you're listening, act like you've been there. You know what I'm saying? Like Patrick Mahomes said, he would smoke a cigar, but he ain't got none on him. He'll check the locker room. He'll get back to you. You know what I'm saying? Spagnola, three rookies in that backfield. Four players, I'm sorry, two defensive players went down. 
two offensive players went down. Like, this man has coached three Super Bowls. He's been defensive coordinator for three Super Bowls, and he still doesn't get the respect. You know what I'm saying? These are dogs. You, and you know how hard it is to put rookies back there in a game like this and have that stuff work? Amazing. So, like I said, don't come in our house. Don't try to disrespect us as a fan base when we've been to four straight. This is the Arrowhead Invitational, five straight, <laughs> three out of four years, two-time MVP, or going to be, three all pros, one a Super Bowl MVP. Miss me with that. Catch me when you get a ring. And you know what I'm going to call them? Hold on, Indian. I'm in this because I'm just rambling. I'm just, I'm just talking stuff. But it, it, in all fairness, it was a competitive game. Um, all I was saying was they won by three points each time. That's a coin flip game. So eventually you're going to lose. You know what I'm saying? You're going to lose. So, um, hey, another, uh, another trip to the Super Bowl. If this was, I think this was even sweeter before, just was on the line and what they were up against. And my guy, Chris Jones, we can go another 30 minutes. Chris Jones came out and set the tone. That defensive line set the tone. In, this is in the trenches, right, Andy? Yes, this it is. This is in the trenches, right? Mm-hmm. Those trenches were dominated by the word go by that man, Chris Jones. They're, they, he literally got held on almost every single play. They literally could have called a flag on every single play, and he dominated. So big ups, Andy Reid, Pat Holmes. Like, and big up there, being me, just, just bro. The, the job's not and finished. Clyde, and but Clyde, thing, Corey, he's going to get himself a ring. Oh, yeah, he will. Uh, as RB4. 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 As RB4. So, yeah, so, like I said, as RB4. But, I mean. All right, we're up yeah, against it. Call back tomorrow. Okay, so, you, we're going to do the tomorrow. continued okay, version. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, congratulations yeah, 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 yeah. to all the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Quick timeout. We're going to catch up with Aaron Wilson, which man will lead the Texans. So, we'll be talking about them in a conference championship game. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. I took my troubles down to Madam Ruth. You know that gypsy with the gold cap tooth. She's got a pad on 34th and Vine. Trey, is this like Aaron Wilson's favorite song or something? I think so. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you know what? With the information he gives us, we can welcome him with whatever music he wants. The only Texan insider you need to go to, our main man, Aaron Wilson, joining us in the trenches as the coaching candidate is emerging by the name of D'Amico Rhymes. We'll see how real that is. Aaron, welcome in to the trenches again. How are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks, guys. Is, is this real or is this just uh, clickbait? Are, are the Texans seriously considering my oh, former boy. teammate, uh, D'Amico Ryans? It is very serious. It is send the jet serious. It's let's negotiate serious. It's let's talk about staff and who you want to be part of this uh, new Texans coaching staff serious. Absolutely serious. And expected by the 49ers and by around the NFL to happen and my understanding is that you know he's going to commit to them and they're going to commit to him so it's a beyond beyond mutual interest to you know let's get something done but you know the devil's always in details you have to negotiate and you know have you know, common ground but I would be shocked if this thing you know blew up at the last minute now, I, I think this thing gets done let me ask you this. Are you hearing not so much hesitation, but 
Is there any back and forth with D'Amico's camp, his agent, saying, hey, if he comes here, he needs to hire his own staff. He needs to have some kind of say in the draft. Like, Do you know if there, there are those type of talks going back and forth? I don't know the full detail on every single thing. My understanding is that those discussions have happened and not everything is finished. But I don't think there's going to be anything that's going to be a deal breaker. Uh, what I've been told is that though he'll have the things he's looking for and that they're not getting, I would say like pushy would be the right word, but so demanding that it's going to cause a a issue. I I think that, you know, it's, they've already kind of gotten and gone through some of those things. And I think he'll have a lot of autonomy. This won't be like David Cully. I mean, but a lot of people don't realize this. If you look at the makeup of Lovey Smith's staff, yes, there were some holdovers, but it was also a ton of Lovey picks. So even a year ago, when you were having a returning coach, he was adding a lot of people from Illinois. So it, it really Lovey was um, was more of a normal situation in terms of a coach having a lot of say. But the previous year, you were talking about a first timer, and they felt like they needed to help David Cully a lot. So, yeah, it's different now. But this is more of a conventional hire, even though he's a first-timer, where he has his own connections, his own people, his own resources to add a staff and put it together. And, yeah, I think it'll be very good. You know, I'm, How much, don't, Aaron? You don't know if we get everybody he wants, but, you know, I've heard already about Bobby Slowick as a potential offense coordinator, the passing game coordinator of the 49ers, Chris Kosarek, defensive line coach for the – 49ers potential defensive coordinator. I would think that D'Amico would still run the defense, though. How much, Aaron, do you think Cal being involved in this helps this process? Because it's one thing to have Nick Casario, who's an outsider. He has no ties to you know to, to Houston or D'Amico. Um, I mean, did, does he get a little nudge from Cal saying, hey, I think this is the guy we should look really hard and long at? I would say, yeah, very much so. I mean, Nick has been involved every step of the way, but so have Cal and Hannah McNair. And you know, they talked about that a little bit at the Houston Sports Awards. Uh, asked Hannah about her involvement. She's in on everything. So Cal and Hannah are really instrumental in this. And if not the driving force, <clears throat> I think that everyone can agree and does that D'Amico Ryan's is an outstanding head coaching candidate and has a really bright future. You know, obviously he runs the top ranked defense with the, the NFL with the 49ers, but I think that Cal's involvement, he's really put a personal imprint on this, and I don't think he held it at arm's length. It's just that a year ago, obviously, you had you know Jack Easterby pushing for a different candidate and Josh McCown, and this is the first one where I felt like, okay, everyone's, you know, there's no search committee. It's just the personal imprint of the owner. It's a small group. So it's Cal, it's Hannah, it's Nick and a few other team officials, but it's those are the driving forces behind wanting D'Amico, identifying him, and then getting him to interview, then having that interview go so well that now they're on the precipice of hiring him. It is funny, Aaron, when we talk about checks all the boxes. I do think, like, the Texans have had so much negativity around them in the last two years. This Not only is he a good coach, not only does he bring in, you know, is he a, a qualified candidate and all that, 
but you're winning over the fan base too with a hire like this because everybody who's a Texans fan loves D'Amico and absolutely would love this hire. So I think that's part of this too. Man, the, the phone would be ringing off the hook for season ticket renewals and all that. But you've talked to a lot of people involved in this process. I know you talked to Wade Phillips and uh, the former D.C. that you know was with the Texans uh, and Coach Smith. What have a lot of the people you talked to said about D'Amico? Because to me, what stands out too is this guy asked a lot of questions with the Niners, even on the offense. You know, telling, getting involved with, with some of that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. The feedback was beyond you know character and uh, you know everything. The kind of person he is and the kind of player he was is that brings a lot of energy and brings a lot of intelligence and. He's someone that's so intuitive that as a rookie, he's telling Richard Smith, who was his defense coordinator, hey, I think we need to make this adjustment. And then Coach trusting a rookie enough to say, oh, you're right. And so from day one, it's like he's the captain. And so that understanding of football and being so prescient about what the offense is going to do, that helps a lot because you have someone that's an actual expert in their side of the football but also understands offense, understands schemes. And you can imagine the knowledge that he's gained from having his guys practice against Kyle Shanahan's offense and how detailed that is. I mean, you know, and this is no offense to what you know, we've seen, but it's just different, different levels, like the, you know, really the complexity of the plays and some of the things even that they do on the defensive side, you know, where I think it's been a little too basic here. Uh, probably an understatement, and then what they're running, I think it's very high level. It's not just that he has Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. It's a scheme, and it's a system, and it's him, and then the buy-in from players. I mean, players are genuinely disappointed and sad, but happy for him. They don't want to lose him, and that to me says a lot. It's the emotions of the players, so for key guys like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, you know, this is it's tough on them because he's that much of a quality coach and quality person. FYI, the mascot could tell Richard Smith what type of adjustments to make with the defense he called, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> with the excitement surrounding this D'Amico Ryan's uh, potential hire, in your opinion, when do you think we'll hear something? Is this something that will be done sometime this week, or are you saying a couple of weeks will they make it official? Oh, no, no. It, it'll, be, it'll happen fast. I think, you know, you have to travel. Um so what happened was last night they got back around midnight and then today they have to have their exit meetings, but I expect them to you know, try to get him in town uh, later today. And then once he's in town, then they can negotiate and start to work on a deal. So, you know, in terms of timing, you know, obviously I, I, I know a little, I don't know everything, but my logic and information tells me that, you know, maybe they're done by Wednesday. Uh, that, that could happen. I think it will happen. You know, it's kind of a couple of days process normally when you're trying to hire a coach. Uh, so, you know, you have some lead up to it. And if everything's running smooth, I don't think Wednesday's too soon. And then maybe you're having a press conference at some point later in the week, but there's nothing new as far as like this morning, like, Oh, it's done, done. It's not, it's just heading in that direction and you meet. And then I think once you meet and you dig into it, that's when things start happening very fast. And, you know, it's hard to really put a timetable because it's just like their discussions, you know, how much do they need to talk? How many things do they need to go over? And 
uh, contract's a big deal. You know, cause it's a lot of money and, you know, I don't know what he's going to wind up with. Is it going to be six, seven, eight? That was going to be a, one of those first timers that gets a lot more than other first timers, you know, eight or nine millions. We'll see. Any uh, thought but, on uh, OC, Aaron? I'm, I'm going to just bring that up because, you know, if, if you take you a quarter, Bobby Slowick. Okay, so Slowick. Okay. I'm just bringing that up Bobby because Slowick, yeah. there was some talk of maybe, you know, maybe one of the Kubiak kids, maybe, uh, you know, Kellen Moore just got let go from the Cowboys. So, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. It's just because if they go quarterback number two overall, man, it's, it's so important who they take as that OC. Right. Yeah, that's a critical position. I mean, I think, you know, you have to hope that. There's some others, like maybe even on that 49ers. That's the only place he's coached. So, you know, his tree is under the Kyle Shanahan tree. So a lot of this has to do with Kyle and who Kyle allows to to leave because those guys have contracts. And obviously working for the 49ers is attractive, but, you know, these are promotions. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, is he going to get everybody he wants? No, you don't normally get to raid your own staff as a coordinator and just take everybody with you. You're going to, there's going to be some ones that you want and you're not going to be able to get everyone. And the big thing is defense is kind of set. I mean, he's going to run his own defense. So that's, I don't think that's a big issue, but you know, Kasurik, who's done a great job with Nick Bosa with, you know, Armstead with former Texan Charles Omena, who had a good year, you know, he would, Definitely uh, bring an impact. He's also from Texas Tech and grew up here in the States. So uh, those are some bonuses. But, yeah, I think he'd be a, a great hire if they could get him. And so they're you know, someone to definitely think about um, as, as being in the mix. But I think other names will surface. And you also maybe see what about some 49ers free agents. You know, we can all ahead of ourselves. But, you know, what about Jimmy Ward? Or, uh, you know, I think it would be interesting if you could add a safety like that. And, then, you know, they've got – other linebackers besides Warner, uh, whose contracts are up, so um, like Al Shire, so uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, I really feel like the, they've got to get the offense coordinator thing going because uh, you know, and Bobby Slowick by all accounts is a good coach and well versed in the Shanahan system. And I think that you know, everything I've heard about him is he's very sharp. That's the voice of Aaron Wilson. You can follow him at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. As always, Aaron, thanks for your time and your knowledge, brother. Thanks, guys. Appreciate All right, it. Aaron Wilson joining us in the trenches. Quick timeout. We'll get back to the calls. And Big Sarge, earlier, he said he's upset with how a player treated the media. We'll hear about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Yo, yo. I go by the name, I'm Pharrell, from the Neptunes, and I just want to let y'all know, I'm your pusher. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches. Big shout out to Aaron Wilson for giving us a, you know, update on the D'Amico Ryan's front. The way he's talking, it sounds like it's a done deal. Like, and Aaron Wilson, I know he can't give away his sources, but... It sounds like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when this will be announced. And, and that's why I thought it was important to ask him about the Cal involvement there because, again, if this was, if, if Cal completely deferred to Nick on this search, man, we'd be having, he'd be going, well, we're going to wait for Jonathan Gannon to uh, finish him, and he's our guy. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's the right or wrong guy, but I do think everything we've seen from D'Amico is he's a qualified candidate here, and not just. Oh, he's a Houston Texan. No, this man has backed it up with what he's done the past few years as an assistant. 
Everybody speaks glowingly about him. He's got the skins on the wall. That defense yesterday, even with no quarterback, yeah. was still balling out. Don't be fooled by the final score of what the Eagles had. That defense was still doing their best to to, to hit hard and, and take out that run game and all that. So I'm glad you brought that up because yesterday when a former Eagle and this guy who was rooting for the Eagles, when Brock Purdy was knocked out of the game, I was like, whew, okay, the Eagles can do this. But San Francisco's defense was playing so well. And then when Christian McCaffrey had that run that was just inspiring for me sitting on the couch, I was like, you know what? Something, you know, something still might happen in favor of the 49ers. Yeah, and they tied in reality, 7-7. You're like, oh, God. Like, yeah, because their defense Eagles, was just playing. Up. Because their defense was playing so well. All right, so let us know. You talked about this earlier, and I wanted to make sure your voice is heard, Big Sarge. You said that one of the players – uh, I, I, you'll let us know which game disrespected the media. It, it wasn't so much of, of disrespect. It's just that I don't like the way that he went about it. So uh, we talked earlier about Joseph Vasai, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, who who made who got the penalty called at him at the end of the AFC Championship game. So when it was time for him to do his media availability, oh, Trey has the audio. Oh, he does. Yeah, so okay. his audio. Trey, you're you're on it, Trey. Uh, okay, so you explain it, then let's see if the audio matches up. Okay, well, As a media member, explain why you're not happy. Well, because they, the media was asking him questions about the play. And B.J. Hill was like, no, we're not. Ask a better question, bro. Well, let's move on. We're not going to talk about that, right? His, his teammate. Okay. And I'm saying to myself, no, no. That happened within the confines of the game. That happened within – that that was a football play that could be asked at a press conference. If he didn't want to talk about it, he should have just said no comment and move on. All right, let, let's let's hear the audio from B.J. Hill, linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals, sticking up for his teammate. Dumb question. Come on. He, been, he played his butt off the whole game. That's okay. a different question. Overall, I mean, what, it looked like guys were coming up to you on the sideline as you went through that. I mean, what was it like having guys come up and then kind of uh, go? Like I said, it was great knowing that I had my the support of my teammates. And um, I just got to, I got to, like Sam was saying, I got to learn from experience. And um, I got to know not to not to get close to that quarterback. All right. So it he sounds like. at the very end. It's like a two and a half minute clip. Okay. We, we didn't hear the first question, but it sounds like the media asked a specific question question regarding that play yes and then his teammate the vet was like he's not going to talk about it I, I get it from both sides because that's not a bad question that's not a bad question by the media but also i get a hey, wrong wrong right or indifferent as a vet my rookie made this horrible you know mistake that social media is going to be raking him over the coals I, i'm going to stand in here and let him know i have his back i, I get both sides of it you know who, because that wasn't a bad question well, right and you know who should have been saying that the communication department for the Bengals, if they don't want him to answer the question not bj hill who's going to stand there and tell a, a media member what he can and what he can't ask like you See, i think it'll that, be worse worse coming from the communications department because that's not a bad question. Like, I get it. So for the communications department to sit up there and dictate what they can and can't ask, I, I think that would be worse oh. than a player who doesn't really – I'm not even going to say a player doesn't know. Then, then a player who's just saying, I'm, I'm sticking up for my guy. Oh, it happens a lot. When, when Deshaun Watson came back here for the first time as the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, during the press conference, the, the post-game press conference – like they called on the people who could ask the question. Only one Houston media member got a chance to ask a question. I think that's Brian T. Smith. That's, that's and after different. That, though. That's that, different. Yeah, but uh, not to me though, Wendy. Because what no, I'm I mean, saying you're is bringing that, up 
you know, because whether or not you're going to talk about Rub Rub getting uh, massages. No, no, versus, no, no, no. Like this, like I'm, I'm in your favor. I'm saying that that's a football question. That's about what happened on the field. If they're trying to protect Deshaun Watson, it's because they think somebody's going to bring up the. I brought that up for the, as far as dictating, you know, how communication department. Yeah, this doesn't make how, it right. How how things go? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is, is that I think that the communication department of the Bengals owed the media an apology for allowing B.J. Hill no. to be up there. To yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I just give this guy's back. Uh, but still, oh, but it's what, not, what it's are they not supposed place, to do? Though. What it's, are they supposed to do? They're not. He's not supposed to. No. He, they don't know. So after a game, the media goes to your locker. Yes. The communications typically is a 5'9", 150-pound uh, guy who doesn't even know the players on a personal level. So you want somebody from that department to go to B.J. Hill with emotions running high and saying, hey, B.J., step back? Like, yeah. no. That, it's their job, he's gonna be No, it's that's not their job. job. No. Him standing there, him standing there as, answering questions with his teammates. He, not, he's that's got not his, his job. teammates back. I but love that's it. Not, that's it, not his job, wrong, but I love it. And, and and for him to be there and try to dictate what the media is going to ask him, I'd, I'd have been like, "Bro, you're wrong." So, if, I mean, I would have got. And you'd have got to smooth <laughs> because I, I the emotions have. are running high. You're right. Like, like, like I said, I I get what you're saying. Sitting here, you know, I get what you're saying. Like, because that's not a bad question. Like, what were you thinking on that player? Or, yeah. You know, did you not notice him go? That's not a bad question because as players, we always say, "Hey, let's stick to the game." But I understand his teammate saying, "Hey, we're not talking about that right now." And that's to me. That's where the media just has to be like, you know what? I get the emotions are high. We'll just have to ask it at another time. But the communications department—they're not going to be like, "Hey, BJ, step back!" <laughs> like they're probably going to get slapped. And, and Asai's crying. I mean, he's literally I mean, crying during the video. To me, he's being the more emotional support there, and he only jumps in twice. He lets them ask all the other questions. But again, it's but, but they don't ask—they don't ask any other questions about that play, though, Chris. At the end, they do the end, the, the beginning and the end is when they ask the question. So what I'm saying is, is that the way BJ Hill respond, he could have said, "Hey, no comment." You, you know, here's no the problem. Here's the problem: the fact that every player has to be available that soon after the game to the media. That's the problem. Not, not because, every player. No, every player has to be available, and that's why he's available. He has to be available. That that should be a situation where you know what he's not speaking. Yeah, some players have walked out of the locker room oh, yeah. and speak to us. As they should. I mean, if they don't feel like if they don't feel like talking, they shouldn't. Breaking news: Chargers hire Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. So, uh, what, what do they say? Failing upward, he gets fired for not being a good offensive coordinator. But days later, he we're, gets. We're about to see if he's productive with Justin Herbert. We're going to be pointing fingers back at Dak going, oh, it was then, Dak. Then it was Dak. you. We can definitely point fingers at Dak. All right, quick timeout. John, Jay, Titan, Keith, we see you there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. You're in the trenches. Stand up, get your hands up. With N.D. Kalou. Welcome in, welcome back. One hour down, one hour to go. If you want to get in the trenches, 713-212-5790. Quick little nugget about the upcoming Super Bowl that's pretty cool. Donna Kelsey, she's making history. You might ask, who is Donna Kelsey? She is the mother of the tight end, Travis Kelsey. I almost forgot his name. For the Kansas City Chiefs and Jason Kelsey, the center for the starting center for the Philadelphia Eagles. She will officially become the first mother to have two sons play against each other in the Super Bowl. So congratulations to the Kelsey family. That is huge. It's so big just to have two boys play Division One football. Then when you have multiple sons 
uh, play in the NFL and to actually have them face off against each other in the Super Bowl, that has to be an exciting time for that entire family. And have them be at both ends of the spectrum. If you were, if they were standing next to each other outside of physical similarities, you'd probably say, man, these two guys aren't brothers. Right. I mean, because Travis Kelsey is a brother. You know? <laughs> and Jason is just, like, Jason seems like he likes hunting, and, and Travis looks like he likes to go to the club. Like, they just two total ends of the spectrum. And they seem very close, too, which yes. is cool. I wonder if... I guess I'm the only one that has multiple sons out of us. I wonder if the mother is secretly rooting for one or the other. I'm trying to picture if my two sons were playing against each other. Each other. Yeah, I think... That's what Archie used to say. That was I, the I'll hardest thing for one. when Eli and Peyton would play but each other. I don't think they'll say say it. Yeah. But I'll say it. I will root for my younger son because the older one's a little bit of a jerk. But so, if I, I would, so I wonder if this mother is like... Okay, first of all, Travis has a Super Bowl ring. Right. So she's probably rooting for Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. The the tough yeah. part, I mean, the, the the funny thing is they were bringing up this is the first time brothers ever play each other in the Super Bowl. To me, the crazier one was 10 years ago when Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. That's that huge. Brothers coaching against each other in the Super Bowl. Like, we got players that play in the, in the NFL that are brothers. The McCordys, the Watts, all this. That's That was bound to happen. But a coach against a coach that are brothers, that's... That seems long yeah, shot. Both can be true, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think this is pretty cool. Jason Kelsey wasn't with the Eagles when they won a Super Bowl in twenty. 20- uh, oh, you know what? He was seventeen. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so they. Oh both wow! Were. So they both have wow. Super Bowl rings. And, and I will say this, Andy, you do realize that parents have a favorite child, right? Well, that's what I'm. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't you, you don't have a favorite. I yeah. think you you like hanging out with some more. You like uh, what some have accomplished, but I don't know if favorite is the right. Parents word. will never admit it, mm-hmm. but they have a favorite child. Andy, if you have multiple children, is what I'm saying. Yeah, if I got five, got, and I'm telling you, I don't know if I can say this one's a favorite. <laughs> like I would like hanging out with I, one more than the other because you one might mirror you a little more. You're a but I don't know about favorite. You're, you're a professional, but I Andy. would root for one over the other. You know that your family listens to this. That's great. They don't I like, I like. I like how you did they that. They literally send me texts to Cash App <laughs> in the middle of the show and when I'm like, Every I'm parent. on air. No, Indy. I'm pretty sure. Look, I put it like this. Like, when, when the Mannings. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure uh, Archie looks at... <laughs> Archie has a favorite and I, I would say it's Peyton, but uh, he, he has I a favorite. I think it's Cooper. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Well, you know why, though? Because Cooper, Cooper is the only one that probably gets to hang out with him yeah, the most. Yeah, more, exactly. Coop's yeah. got the meal ticket in Arch. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. His seat. Now, Peyton, does he have old enough sons? Not that I expect y'all to know this. To where they could be playing football? Not yet. Okay, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, Archie Manning is... Wait, Ar- is that... Archie Manning is going to carry that legacy. The uh, I didn't re- So, Jason Kelsey, mm-hmm. six-time Pro Bowler, five-team, first-team All-Pro. I told you all. And I'm not saying, like, oh, I told you I'm right. But last week, I said the Kelsey brothers will both be first ballot Hall of Famers. And I don't know if it was you or Sarge or if it was somebody else. Y'all kind of wondered about Jason Kelsey. Like, don't sleep me? on him because he's a center. Like, yeah. he he has the credentials can, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Both retire the same year so they can both go into the Hall the same I, year. How old is Jason? Because Kelsey Travis is 33. Jason's 35. Man, they're so close in age. And they should put that, like, their bus should be together. Like, it should be just one bus. See, I, <laughs> I like that idea, but they might be like, no, let me have my moment. You know what I'm saying? But they'll do it more for social media. They'll go; it'll go crazy for them. Their podcast is about to go through the roof, right? It's already entertaining. Don't forget about the other brothers who are playing in the Super Bowl, Indy. Who? 
the brothers. Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yes, Texas and Texas. They they're representing <laughs> Texas. Somebody was telling me you got two guys from Texas representing uh you know, playing in the Super Bowl starting quarterbacks, and UT and AM both said, nah, y'all aren't good enough right. to come here in college. So well, we got we had Davis Mills playing quarterback. Oh, you're talking about the Texans. Well, that too. I mean, the people have been making that connection. Yeah, the 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 colleges in the state of Texas all missed on those guys. Well, Except te- for Tech. Yeah, but yeah Mahomes with but, the Tech. But then on the flip side, like the Texans, you know, like we just always kind of looked at tunnel vision sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a kid from Texas we could get with the Texans. I don't think but, we could knock. I don't think we could knock the Texans on that one though. We could give Andy Reid his props for jumping the Texans to go and get. Patrick Mahomes. One of y'all check while I go to the phone line. See, because Jalen Hurts was a second round pick. See who the Texans took uh, that year. And see if, yeah, the year Hurts came out. See if there's a little hindsight 2020. John, welcome to the show, John. Yeah, man. You know what? I didn't have a dog in the fight, man. You know, I'm, you know, when my Texans are on in it, I'm still a, a fan of the NFL, man. But I got to admit, I was a little disappointed yesterday, man. I was looking forward to seeing uh, a 100% strong 49er team against Philadelphia, 100%. You know, 49ers, they have the worst is doggone luck with quarterbacks, man. I, I had to get on Facebook, laugh a little bit, and say 49ers, all their quarterbacks is a little soft-boned, you know what I'm saying? But in that other game, Kansas City and, and Cincinnati, man, you know, I was paying, you know, for Kansas City to get a freebie like that, man, off a penalty and everything, man, and for Cincinnati to lose like that, man, you know, wow, that's something else, Corey. But uh, Philadelphia coming up, so enjoy your little one or two week uh, uh, win. Because uh, if I were you, I'd go ahead on and go over to Patrick, Patrick Mahomes' house and raise that leg up and tell him you're gonna do everything for him. You ain't gotta move because Philly coming, baby. Mm, Philly is coming. Ross Blacklock was the 40th pick by the Houston Texans in the uh, 2020 draft. They gave up that first rounder. Remember to go and get where, Tunsil. Where did Jalen? Uh, 13 from? picks later. Jalen Hurts went to the Eagles. Now, keep in mind, we had Deshaun Watson at the time. So. And also keep in mind, we like to play that game, what if? If Jalen Hurts was here, would they have utilized him? And would they have given him the weapons that he now has in you know, with the, well, the, with the Eagles? The one that killed me was a pick. You know who went right after Ross Blacklock, right? With the 41st pick? Who? Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, guy who's just led the league in, in rushing over the last handful of years. Not this year, it was a down year, yeah, but he was my coming one. into this year, he was thought to be very high. But again, like, you contrast that with Ross Blacklock's now a Viking. Like, he's not even here anymore. You got rid of him. Just, yeah. And, and, and to me, the, the bigger hindsight is if you can go back to the 2017 draft, and you don't want to take anything. Deshaun was very good here in his, in his brief time, but man, what if? What if it had been Mahomes? Well, I don't think that you're looking at the college careers. You know, I would have took taken Watson over Mahomes coming out of college as well because I'm looking at what he did to take him over. Who's uh, Trubisky? Who went two for sure? So, but I wanted to say say this too. It's funny because you you look at the Eagles. You know, were almost about to give up Jalen Hurts. You know that his name was rumored a lot to be traded to the Texans. Even yeah, you know for for Deshaun Watson, he was not good his rookie year. We can, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yes, he was. His passing numbers were terrible. Sorry. His passing numbers were terrible, but he won like 13 games. Right, but he he was completely Not 13 like 50, games his rookie year, but he won like passes. nine games in a row. I give him a lot of credit. He has improved his game, and granted, they gave him A.J. Brown, and he's got great pieces around. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. That all helps, 
But yes, like his rookie year, my and a lot of people's take was Jalen Hurts doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. He has put in the time and the effort and improved. And I'm not saying you're stupid, but I'm saying it's a stupid thought after someone's rookie year to say they don't look like an NFL quarterback. Sure. Like like Peyton Manning. I keep going back to Peyton Manning because he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Threw more interceptions than touchdowns his rookie year. I like the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles said, hey, for this guy to improve, we have to improve what's around him. And now he looks like an NFL quarterback. And also, guys like Jalen Hurts, just his style of play, it's similar to Josh Allen, you, you know, because I'm not going to make this a race thing. I'm talking about style of football play. Similar to Josh Allen, his rookie year, a guy that can actually run. You can't – people expect them to look like Aaron Rodgers in the park, pocket. And then they dismiss – what blows my mind is when they dismiss the, the their productivity rushing. Like, oh, he only had 2,500 yards passing. Yeah, but he also had 900 yards rushing. Eh, I don't want to count that. Well, you have to because right. it's just a different style of a quarterback. Quick timeout. We'll get back to the phone calls, back to our takes and your takes in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches on this Monday after the NFC AFC championship games. The Super Bowl is set. The Philadelphia Eagles will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs led by Texas born, Texas bred quarterbacks. Let's go back out to those phone lines 713 212 5790. Jay, welcome to the trenches. What's up, Jay? What's up, Indy? What's happening? Hey, uh, explain something to me. Who in the world is Hannah? When you hear people refer to Hannah McNair, that's the first lady of the Houston Texans. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Bob McNair used to run the Texans, and all I heard was uh, Rick Smith and Bob McNair. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear nothing about his wife, so Kyle... Is having an input from his wife to run the football team? Jay, 1937 called and said they want their take back. <laughs> Come on, Jay. It's 2023 now, man. <laughs> what? Are you serious? And Indy, yes, Indy sir. before I hang up, how'd you like the national anthem, the San Francisco game? Is that the the military man who sang it? Nope. I need a baker. baker. How was it? She, she Jack. Uh, Jacked it up. This is, I didn't. I didn't hear that one. I heard the one the military man. And he crushed it. Uh, Anita Baker's losing it. Yeah, it, losing it, it. It wasn't good. <sighs> it wasn't Carl Lewis bad. 
When it, 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 Carlos was horrible. See, that's why bad. I don't watch any pregame hype. I just happened to see the other one. I believe it was the game right after. Yeah. But, uh, oh, that's disappointing. Wait, you want to hear something even worse? Oh, and, and I mean, I know we're talking about it because it's Anita Baker. Mm-hmm. But last week at the Rockets game, the guy who sung the national anthem missed the whole stanza. Skipped the whole, you know, he skipped the part where it goes, oh, say does that star space. He skipped that's, that whole that's thing. That's where the betting on the under pays off on the, uh, the Wait, time. Wait, you can bet on those? The Super Bowl, that's one of the biggest things you can bet on, the over-under time on the, on the national anthem. Did y'all see who did the halftime shows yesterday, by the way? No. No. So DJ Jazzy Jeff did I, halftime of the Eagles game, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it because Philly's like, yeah, he's one of ours. Halftime of the Chiefs game, they had Fat Joe. <laughs> And everybody's like, what in the hell is the connection from New York to yeah. Joe to Kansas City? And they showed people the crowd. It was so damn cold. They said the feels like was seven degrees. People were just shivering to stay warm. And they were showing Fat Joe singing, what's love got to do, got to do with it. And everybody's like, That's why weird. is he here? That is weird. Now, I know Kansas City doesn't have any talent in the hip-hop ranks. They but might. just play a lo- have a local band play uh Wow. Do what the Raiders did. Nine is from Kansas. Do what the Raiders did. Mac Dre. Bring Iggy Azalea. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't look, you got to listen. Just watch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that that's an odd. I wonder who, who had that uh, responsibility. Wait, do you know that there was people out there that didn't even know that DJ Jazzy Jeff was a real DJ? I'm sure youngsters don't know that. No, this was older people. I think this was a uh, magazine. I'm going to look at it. I think it may have been Complex. They didn't know that he was a real DJ. He yeah, laughed. That, yeah, the that, source. That's what it was, the source. Yeah, that's weird. If you Well, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to say it's weird. That means they probably didn't grow up listening to hip-hop. Like, I don't think anybody who knew uh, Fresh Prince, Will Smith, and their connection was... It'll just be like, oh, Indeed doesn't know John Lennon's a guitarist. Mm, okay. I bet you they guess- Is he a guitarist, by the way, Chris? John yeah, Lennon. he is. He, he is? played oh. guitar. Ooh, yeah, strong. Player. He nice. played. He played rhythm guitar. Rhythm guitar. Hey, yeah. What so. you think? Gonna, what you think is going to happen when they find out that Dr. Dre is not a real doctor? <laughs> what? They, they, they'll make sure their appointment <laughs> that they set with him is canceled. Keith, what's going mm-hmm. on, Titan Keith? Hey man, it's Titan Keith. It's Yankee Keith. It's Cougar Keith. It's Rockets Keith. And it's I'm about to run out of time, <laughs> Keith. What you got? I, I'm saying this because I'm a major sports fan. I, I'm gonna get back to that later. Anyway, I'm an old dude. And I'm, and I'm I'm happy every time I, I see two black quarterbacks uh, in the Super Bowl because I can remember when they said we didn't have the intellectual capacity to even play quarterback. So here's my here's my uh, question, Indy. After t- two weeks from now. There ain't going to be nothing for us to watch on TV. And I think it's be the perfect time for you to do the, the, the city a solid and have your in the trenches party. Mm. I'm thinking, what I like, you, you know what? I'm going to check around and I'm going to see if we can make that happen. And when we get together, you know what we're going to do, Keith? We're going to watch USFL and XFL because the party oh, don't stop. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but appreciate the call. Appreciate the suggestion. Uh, you, you know what? He brought up something, and Chris asked me off air, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so why don't you, because it relates to what Titan yeah. Keith said. I just, uh, like, I've seen, uh, so the Today Show this morning, they were mentioning all the superlatives with the game, and uh, one of the anchors said, by the way, pretty cool, two black quarterbacks playing against each other. It was just a mention in passing, and I thought it was cool, too. But then I see on social media, there's like, like, AP, breaking news! 
two black quarterbacks playing. I don't think it has like, oh my God, we are breaking through every wall here. I get it that, that some people might see it that way, but I just, I don't know. To me, it feels like, like to me, it was more like, oh, this hasn't happened before. Not 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yes. Absolutely, I get it. it. It's more because when you talk about black quarterbacks being systematically barred from, or players being systematically barred from playing that position not too long ago. You know, a lot of good-natured people like yourself, they forget, like, you know what, certain, Warren Moon getting the the hate letters with the N-word all over the oh, letters yeah. after a bad game. No, what I'm saying is, you, you know, people who try to pretend this doesn't happen that was a long time ago. I saw Warren Moon last week, and he probably like, right, right. no, that was happening, you know, while yeah. I was playing. And certain things that we hear about, um, you, you know, I've always joked about in my story when I was in junior high, uh, I had a coach. His name was Coach Gonzalez. Uh, and all summer, he worked with me to be a quarterback because at that time, I was the tallest, biggest, strongest, could throw the ball further. I'm not saying I'd be a great quarterback, but he worked with me to be the quarterback. Then he got a raise in the middle of the summer and moved up to high school. And, and the new guy that came in was a white gentleman. And Coach Gonzalez told him, hey, this is what I've been working with. The kid can throw any route, you know, blah, blah, blah. The first thing he did, oh, yeah, you're moving a running back. So e even from yeah. from an early age, and again, I'm, I don't bring that up to say I would have been some great quarterback. I probably would have sucked. But my point is, it wasn't that long ago when the thought was people that look a certain way, they just can't play the position. So right. to have two playing in the Super Bowl, I I, I, I understand why it's mentioned. So I, well, I get it. Andy, you mm -hmm. also remember that, you know, during the draft process, they were telling Jalen Hurts that you should move from being a quarterback to running back. They, said, they told him that you, you're not going to make it in the league. As a as a quarterback, well, Lamar so Jackson to be, too, be a running back. And Remember, he was like, no, I'm a quarterback. Hall, Hall of Fame general manager Bill Polian uh, said that Lamar Jackson should play a different position, and then he went on to become and, and in in uh, in defense of Bill Polian, and not that I there ain't no Jason Whitlock over here. <laughs> like I'm going to try to defend <laughs> the thought. He may have just saw. The four four forty, the speed, right. and said, "Oh, Tim he, Tebow, Johnny Manziel, yeah, yeah. athletic quarterbacks, regardless of race." Right, he, he may that. have seen that, but but well, no, it's a uh, you know people who aren't that old still have memories of certain players being shut out of that position. And, and I think that it's a big deal, especially as a as a fifty one year old African American man who's never seen anything like this. Like I, that's one of the things I'm going to be watching is because of all the behind the scenes. Scenes, things that have been said, you know, uh, you know that that wasn't made public about what a black quarterback can and what a black quarterback can't do, and now to have them on the biggest stage and, and two of the best, you know, two of the best, especially you know this year, both of them are in NFL MVP. And I respect consideration. that. I'm just saying what we've seen from the last decade is it's not Nietzsche anymore. Or, you know, like, it's not like... No, I, I get oh, what your weird. point of view. Like, you're I, saying, you know, been there, done that right. type deal, but I don't think we've ever had From Kaepernick two. to Cam Newton. To, I mean, Pat Mahomes won one. Russell Wilson won one. I mean, all these guys, like, black quarterbacks are the league now, in my opinion. Like, this is what the league is now, and it's great. So yeah, don't go me. overboard. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, and, and I no, I'm like saying, this. like, to me, see, that's the problem. When we try to say that, then that's to me, is disrespectful... To, to say they are the quarter, you know, Josh I'm, Allen's still balling. Right, uh, Joe saying, Burrow's like, look still how balling. How far we've come in just the past decade? 
Yeah, but look at that's Chris, where it's. Let's just use the NFC Championship game for example. Like the whole week, the only thing you heard was about was Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. I'm saying to myself, but the guy that's playing on the opposite side of him is an MVP candidate this year, and was nothing, nothing said about. Oh, that. there were plenty of there was, Fox did a whole feature on. Yeah, Jay I don't Hunter know about that. I can't. The Brock Purdy was more because he was a sev- the seventh round pick. Had that been whoever, and he was a you know looked differently, then it, w- it would have still been a big story. I, I don't believe that. But yeah, I, I think that's a little picking and choosing. But we just haven't seen you know two similar to when Tony Dungy and Lovey was it Lovey Smith? Yes, it was. Yeah, Lovey Smith. Smith. No, 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 this the guy that you Smith ran like out that, that, that you people ran out in ten months. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> when, when they were both uh, in the Super Bowl. The cool thing is, when it happens again, it's, it's a non-story. So that's just a small step in the right direction. Quick timeout, James, Tim, Renfro, Tony. If you're patient, your voice will be heard in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches. A couple of segments to go as Big Sarge heads to cover the Houston Rockets as they try to put together a winning streak. But here we're talking all things football right now. Are you gonna are you gonna do a deep dive? You know what? We have two weeks into the NFL Super Bowl. Why I said NFL, I don't know. People know the Super Bowl. Are you gonna do a deep dive now into NBA basketball? No, I'm st- I'm 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 going to be full on into draft here. Senior Bowl. Going and... to the Senior Bowl this week and I'm a little disappointed. I was just looking at the uh these are the quarterbacks representing at the Senior Bowl this week. Remember last year I was so excited to see Malik Willis, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, all these guys that were thought of very highly. Uh the national team quarterbacks are Malik Cunningham from Louisville. Was probably like the most up and down quarterback I've watched in the last few years. Like one yeah. week he looks great, one week you're like, "Oh my god, he's bad." Uh, Jake Hayner from Fresno State, no idea on him, and Jaron Hall from BYU, no idea on him. No, he, he's he's a he's a stud. Okay, you, I mean I'm not saying he's like a NFL stud on the collegiate yeah. level. He was fun to watch. So that's the national team. On yeah. the American team, you have Tyson Bagent. Bagent, I don't even know. It's got his school symbol. I don't even recognize. <laughs> wow. It. Uh, Max Duggan from TCU, we know him. Just play for a national championship, and Clayton Toon from U of U-H. H. And then they they list Hendon Hooker, but obviously he's injured and he's not going to be able to play. But that those seven names, that is... I'm glad you brought that up because a guy that you have followed, you have watched, chose not to play, and he's currently, you know, <laughs> been getting arrested in Dallas. Yes. Like, what was your thought on Stetson Bennett, who has had a great collegiate career, but people are questioning his size? What's your take on him saying thanks but no thanks? He made a terrible decision. That's because he. They said he he decided he was going to go work out at some facility in Fort Worth in Dallas, and ends up getting piss ass drunk Saturday night, and then gets the police called on him Sunday morning, disturbing the peace, uh, public intox, knocking on people's doors at six a.m. Didn't know where he was staying, but like you contrast that to where he should be in Mobile. Playing in the Senior Bowl. I mean, those names we just mentioned, he would be a headliner among those names. Like, typically the Senior Bowl, and this is coming from a guy that played in the Senior Bowl way back in 1997, it's for guys to show, 
hey, I can play at the on the next level. I, I can take the coaching. I, you're putting yourself in front of NFL coaches. I get the big names. I get C.J. Stroud, and I know he's not a senior, but let's just pretend in this scenario C.J. Stroud was a senior. I would get C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Anderson saying, yeah, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. But a guy like Stetson Bennett, I would assume, and maybe he knows something we don't know, I would assume it could only help him. Yeah. Uh, you know, being in front of these coaches and letting them get comfortable with his stature and his size. And and just to give you, you know, a list of the names who have been Senior Bowl MVPs in recent years, Dak Prescott, um, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert. I mean, these these are guys who were all high draft picks and have gone on to have great NFL success. I just can you go back to ninety seven and see who the defensive MVP is? Uh yeah. Pat Barnes, no, quarterback from Cal. Defensive MVP. Oh, uh, they only list uh the the, the offense. Wow. Well, no, That's it just horrible. says MVP. Now Damian Craig was the year after that from Auburn. Cade McNown in ninety nine. No, that's just the offense. Bobby Hoying in ninety six. Derek Brooks in ninety five. Yeah, I'm, I'm upset now. Just no. Uh, they, Pat, they don't show Pat the defense Barnes on that. From Cal must have had a hell of a game, Pat Barnes. No. <laughs> they did offense and defense. Was he on your team or the other team? Must have been the other, because that's not who I sacked two times in that so game. So he must have been on your team. Yeah, that's why I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he must have been on. No, who was? Uh, Jake Plummer. <laughs> Jake Plummer w- was on the opposing team, I believe. Yeah. Well, Pat Barnes outdueled him. Yeah, Jake Plummer was just like, people were getting Jake Plummer's autograph. What the he was Pat just there. Barnes d- doing now? To Cal. That's what they have? I'm going to have to yeah. write somebody. Tim. What's going on, Tim? <laughs> Hey, Andy, how you doing today? How are you, brother? Thanks for calling. I'm doing good. Hey, even though I don't have a dog in the fight since my Cowboys were eliminated from Super Bowl, I mean from the playoffs, I'm, I'm going with Philadelphia because Jalen Hurts' dad, mm-hmm. a very hurt, he graduated from my alumni, Howard Payne University, in 1990, where he was uh, all-conference as a senior offensive lineman. And he was a six-time All-American in track and field. Now, you might be saying, where's Howard Payne? It's in a little town in Brownwood. called Brownwood. We, we, know, we know Howard Payne. We played with people who went to Howard you know, Payne. Payne. What? I'm from Texas, what? Tim. Well, see, we now said that because I believe I was listening to you once before, and you were mentioning about Steve, I mean, about Tarleton State. Yeah. Which is in Stephenville. No, I, I got love for all my Steve colleges in, uh, in in tech. Now, tar- no, I knew, but I didn't know where it was. But uh, no, I, okay. I know Howard Payne, old Brownwood. Okay, well that's awesome, awesome. And I'm also the one who called several weeks ago and and did an FYI that every team in the NFC East has won a Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You yep, know what? I, yep, I, yep, I call it. Okay. I, I don't think there are too many teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. I think that would be the bigger uh, trivia, the better trivia question. Like, what teams have not won the a Lions. Super Bowl? Houston Texans. Texans, Lions. I, if, I had to, if I had to guess, I will probably say may, maybe eight, eight teams. Texans, Lions, Bills, Vikings, uh, Jaguars. Panthers? Panthers. Twelve. Oh, Panthers. 12. Okay, I was wrong. Oh, so far is he all right? Who? Uh, Trey. He, he, oh, he yeah, named yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. So he named six right now. Yeah. Keep going, Trey. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, uh, Bengals. Yes. That's um, seven. <laughs> he was on a roll there for a minute. 
Did it screen freeze? No. He's oh, he's thinking? thinking? Wow. How'd you st- are you standing that still? All right, keep guessing. Uh, we'll, we'll go back out to the phone lines. James, welcome to the show, James. Oh, thank you, gentlemen, for accepting my call. The top of the day to you guys. Listen, I was listening last week. Other than you, Indy, and Big Sarge, y'all had Sean Payton signed, sealed, and delivered. I thought Sean Payton was already in Houston. <laughs> now, with that being said, I wanted to know what's a guarantee that uh, the uh, the defense coordinator uh, uh, from uh, San Francisco is a lock. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is, is, if I'm, if I'm D'Amico Ryan, I'm, I'm saying, I need a guaranteed at least three years. I got to make decisions on draft picks. I get to make decisions on who gonna who gonna be on the team before I can sign with the Texans. Because the last three coaches that played with the that that coached the Texans, two of them only won four games, and one of them won three, and they all was men of. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, black Americans. Now, as far as uh, what? what you said, like what your, de- I don't want to say the word demands, but I will say this. It's funny you bring that up, James, because at the gym this morning, uh, a guy that I respect, a uh, businessman, the owner of the gym, he said the exact same thing that you said. Like, if I'm D'Amico, I'm not signing on that dotted line. Now, here's the thing. His contract is guaranteed. So if he signs a three, four, five-year deal, coach, uh, coaching contracts are guaranteed, so he'll get all of his money. But as far as, like, decision-making, having input in the draft, uh, yeah, there's some people that are saying he better factor that into his contract, where other people are saying, hey, He's a brother. He might as well just take what he can get and just sign uh, and agree with whatever they offer him. I think he's, he's going to get a guarantee from them. And I also feel like, I mean, as long as he doesn't come here and look incompetent, you know what I mean? Like, if he, as long as he doesn't come up here and, and I hate to throw David Cully under the bus, but half the time when David Cully was talking, it sounded like he had no idea what he was talking about. Lovey had more control of it. I just think Lovey was in a tough situation. And I think Lovey... To a certain extent, was being told what to do by the GM. I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. And that's what they're I, saying. Like, D'Amico's don't be in a situation in here, where the GM can't tell you. But what I to think D'Amico's coming in with a different personality. And here's the other thing: is Cal seems to be at least when we're reading between the lines of Aaron Wilson, this is Cal pushing through, saying, "Nick, I understand you interviewed a lot of great guys, but D'Amico's the guy, right?" Wink, wink. And Casario's like, yeah, but you know, Jonathan Gannon's also good. And Cal goes, no, 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 D'Amico's the guy, right? Not, <laughs> nod with me and say yes. Like that's what it feels like here. So if he's got Cal's stamp of approval, barring a catastrophe, yeah, D'Amico's going to get. And, and I'm not saying they're going to be good or win next year. 
You win four or five games, but they look more competent. And D'Amico says, hey, look, man, we just don't have the, the dogs yet. But we're going to get there. Like, as long as you have some kind of vote and confidence of what you're seeing on the field, yeah, they're not going to fire him after one year. Thank you, Adam Wexler. Thank you. What? He, he felt my pain that you didn't acknowledge the MVP. <laughs> so Adam Wexler, who I'm I've so, told y'all. it's wrong on Wikipedia. They were talking about Vance McDonald, and he sent me a quote from an article Vance McDonald is the first Rice player set for a senior bowl appearance since defensive lineman Indy Kalu was the defensive MVP of the 1997 game. Mm. That's why you're the man, Wex. We That's why I'm always pumping you we up. Conflicting yeah, you're, you're always reading the hating reports where guys <laughs> like Wex bring the truth out of it. Renfro, Tony, you're up next. Quick timeout in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. All right, let's get right into this because I don't want to rush them, and I'm excited about the Monday after the conference championship games, and I want everybody's voice to be heard. Last two calls of the day before we give our parting shots on this Monday. Let's head out to Mo City, home of Zero, and talk to Renfro. What's up, Ren? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's happening? Look here, man. Let me ask you something. Uh, yesterday during the game, I mean last night during the game, mm-hmm. when that kid uh, pushed uh, home out of bounds, and the sad part about it is when the game was over, he cried. And, you know, he was on a, you know, on a bench. He was, he was taking it pretty hard. Did y'all know that when he was heading to the locker room, his teammate hollered out, why did you F and touch the guy? Now, is that good for the locker room heading into next year and everything else? And, how much, and you've been in the locker room, so you wouldn't know how much friction would that cause because the guy had a good game outside of that play that he did pushing my home out of bounds and everything else you know so uh i just felt that that was just really you know uh for a teammate to do his teammate like that when he knew he was down i mean they got it on video it was very obvious he said why didn't he hear you up and touch the guy you know so that's one of my first talking points there but the second one is that uh in the event that D'Amico come here and and and, and get that uh coaching job it would be a great look for an officer coordinator to go after that guy from Georgia, the officer coordinator from Georgia that turned step and bent it around two years in a row. And because uh, I think he does great with quarterbacks and everything, and his offensive play call has been great with uh, Georgia the last two years. So that was my comments to see how y'all feel about that. All right, appreciate that, Renfro. As far as that video of uh, Joseph Asai's um, teammate saying, why did you effing touch the quarterback? From the angle I saw, the guy just kind of said that out loud and it wasn't directed at the player. And I don't even think Joseph Asai was in his, uh, you know, was anywhere around him. But even if he did, something like that won't divide the locker room because when it, when everybody, uh, when cooler heads prevail, they'll talk it out. But I don't think, uh, Renfro in that video, you saw it too, Chris. I I don't think it was directed directly at the player. Yeah. They're all just walking into the locker room and he just yells it it out loud in general. Right. He's just frustrated. And at that time, from what we saw on television, he's still sitting, he's, on, the bench. He's still sitting on the bench yeah. on the football field. All right, last call of the day. Let's head out to the sweetest city in America, Sugarland, and talk to Tony. What's up, Tony? What's up, fellas? To the show you hate the end, amen. <laughs> hey, listen, man. hey, listen. Uh, real quickly, and I just want to ask you this question, and then throw something behind it. As a co, I mean, as a player, when you play, did you guys, as players, you know, have questions or concerns or conversations about who's going to be the next coach? Did you guys? Having input on 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 pushing for a certain coach, and then secondly, Kellen Moore was just hired by San Diego, right? Yep. Brian Leftwich won a Super Bowl 
but it hasn't gotten interviewed. I'll hang up and listen. So as far as your latter point, all facts, what you said, so there's really all nothing facts, I can... There, all facts, bro. There's you anything... Ain't gotta, you ain't got a comment on that, man. Right? That don't even deserve a comment. Just, right. just comment on the first Just comment on the first one. I just want to leave that with you guys. On the first one, I was a part of Washington Redskins when they fired North Turner... Uh, and Terry Rabisky was the interim coach. Now, obviously, I wasn't a big-time player to where Daniel Snyder would be like, hey, Indy, where do you think, what direction do you think we should go in? I don't think he asked anybody uh, their opinion. So to answer your question, though, it's not so much concern. It's almost like at that time, even the current players are, are fans and they're watching, and we were watching ESPN and trying to keep up with the rumors as far as who's going to be next. I'll say this. From what we heard from Aaron Wilson, and it sounds like this is all but a done deal, the players may have known two days ago. You, you know, the players may have known, like, hey, they're going with uh, D'Amico Ryan's, just keep it under wraps. But, um, yeah, but as a former player, when I was going through something similar, we were all excited, like, ooh, who's it going to be? Who's going to be our new boss? You know, who's going to be uh, the next guy coming in? And we were watching ESPN and keeping up with the articles like everybody else. Yeah, and, and there's been a couple players interviewed. I think Aaron Wilson even talked to the few in his articles about, yeah, we're keeping track of the, the coaching. So, talking you not. I mean, it's you, you're curious to know if you're Jalen Petrie or, uh, <laughs> shoot, Derek Stingley Jr. sitting there going, Please, uh, D'Amico, <laughs> can we run a traditional uh, traditional defense and not the cover two? And I, and I think they will. So I think that'll uh, help him as well. But, yeah, I mean, you listen to everything. Aaron's even talking about he's just, he's building a staff, talking with the guys in San Fran, who's coming with me, who's not, and all that sort of thing. So. As a player, you're actually you're excited to know and learn who the head coach is going to be, but you're more excited to hear about the position coaches. Like, who's going to be that guy that I'm sitting in his or her, and I just say her even though we've never seen it yet, it, you know, his or her meeting room eight hours a day every single day. Who's the one that's going to be directly over me? So, yeah, you're excited about the head coach, but you're also excited about, uh, you know, who's going to be working with you. What's interesting, I'm looking at Bobby Slowick, who – Aaron said, you know, would most likely come with D'Amico to be his OC here. He's the passing game coordinator with the Niners. Now, the Niners don't have an OC because Kyle Shanahan is the mm-hmm. de facto play caller. But this is the guy who's helped build the passing game, helped these quarterbacks. I think, I mean, it looks like it'd be a good hire, but he's got no ties. He went to Michigan Tech. Like, he's got no right. ties to anything. So I don't know, like, would he like Bryce Young? Would he like C.J. Stroud? Who fits their system more? I have no idea. Who, he better like Bryce Young or C.J. Well, Stroud. If yeah. you can't work with that kind of talent, then I question you. I just saw Baylor taking on UT men's basketball, two top 12 teams heading uh, against each other. So without Monday Night Football, I think that's what I'm going to be tuning into. That's going to do it for us today. Matt Thomas coming up next. God willing, same time, same place tomorrow in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.